Pastor Michael and my friend Rachel. You do know you have the coolest dressing pastor on the planet, right? Like, I'm five, three and a half, and I'm usually wearing heels on top of platforms to try to look taller. But, I mean, when you got a pastor that rocks Jays, you got to do what the house requires. I mean, his life application of the Bible, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel, is on point, right? Give yourselves a hand, Riverside. I've been so excited to be a part of Bloom all weekend. I have three amazing kids, a 20-year-old Princess Alexandria, who's in her third year at Clemson University. Go Tigers. I didn't hear anybody for Clemson in the room. I have an 18-year-old freshman in college who's in New Orleans at Xavier University. And, and uh, we have our only begotten son, Charles III, who is a freshman in high school who just got his braces off and thinks he's kind of fly. I've been married for 25 years to Charles Jenkins, who led Fellowship Chicago for 23 of those years. And he's actually, as Pastor Emeritus, back at Fellowship Chicago today, speaking at the same exact time that I'm here in Peoria. So it's a special day in Illinois for us, y'all. <laughs> so as a family, one of the things that we love to do is we love to watch award shows together. We love live performances. We love to watch the set change. We love to watch choreography. And this year, during all of the music awards, they have been celebrating 50 years of hip hop. And as hip hop turned 50 years old this year, there was no way that they could celebrate the 50 years of hip hop without acknowledging this pivotal moment in culture when Run DMC collaborated with Aerosmith. <laughs> this collaboration changed everything and the name of the song was Walk This Way. And that's what I want to talk about with you today, walk this way. Because I don't think Aerosmith was the first person to say it, people to say it. I don't think Run DMC were the first people to say it. I believe that in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, Jesus said it first, walk this way. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your iPhone, God bless you Android users in the building. LG. Yes, go to the Gospel of John, chapter 5, and we're going to watch Jesus say, walk this way. It's known as the miracle by the pool of Bethesda. Sometime later, Jesus went up 
to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades or five covered porches. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who had been there, who had been invalid for 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned he had been in this condition for such a long time, he asked him, bruh, that's not in your Bible, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to put me in the pool and see what had happened was when the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in, someone breaks me in line and gets down in front of me. And then Jesus said, man, get up. Walk this way. Pick up your mat and walk. And at once, the man was cured and he picked up his mat and walk. Somebody say, walk this way. If you are invited by Jesus to walk in a particular direction, to walk out of the season that you're in into a new season, to walk into healing, to walk into something new, some foreign area of freedom, if you're going to walk to, that means that there's something you're walking away from. And so if you're taking notes, number one, he had to walk away from the suffering of his surroundings. Number one, this man shows us that if you're going to walk the way Jesus tells you to walk, in the direction he tells you to walk to, you're going to have to walk away from the suffering of your surroundings. If you look at verse number three again, you will see that it describes this man's surroundings. If you consider his view, you know, someone pick, some people pick a location to live based on the view. It's like, oh yeah, it's not that the unit is that big, but look at the view. And so let's check out this guy's view, okay? Verse number three, we see he has a porch location and now we see that this is his view. The disabled were there. The blind were there. The lame were there. The paralyzed were there. He was surrounded by suffering. And it could be possible that he thought that his condition changing was impossible because he did not see possibility around him. He had to walk away from the suffering of his surroundings. Number two, what happened next? We find out that he needs to walk away from a stagnant season. He had to walk away from a stagnant season. All right, how do we know it was a stagnant season? All right, look with me right there, it says, he had been in this place, verse number five, for 38 years. Anybody 38 in the building? 30, anybody older than 38 in the building? 38 years. Now, I don't know how many of you have lived in the same space for 38 
years. But when you are in the same spot for 38 years, a lot can change around you if you are in the same space for 38 years. And I can imagine that frustration began to rise because there were some things that changed around him, although his condition was not changing. This is before he meets Jesus, we find out that he has been in the spot and the space that he's in for 38 years. What's 38 years? 38 years, that's 456 months. 38 years. That's 1,976 weeks. 38 years. That's 13,860 days. 38 years. That's 831,000 minutes. 49,896 seconds, 38 birthdays, 38 Christmases, 38 New Year's Eve, 38 New Year's resolutions, and you're still in the same space, 38 years. And how many of us can look in the mirror and find that there are some things that we would like to see altered? in our lives, some prayers that we would like to see answered in our lives. And we've been waiting day after day, week after week, year after year, time after time. And still there are some repeat prayers that we keep repeating because we have not seen the shift or the change that we would like to see in 38 years. Well, this miracle is in the scriptures to encourage us that it's never too late for Jesus to step into your stagnant season, for Jesus to step into your stuck situation and get you unstuck no matter how long you have been stuck. We see that he needs to walk away from a stagnant season. Number one, if he's gonna walk this way, he walks away from the suffering of his surroundings. Number two, he walks away from a stagnant season. Number three, he has to walk away from his shameful statements. So when we see the miracles of Jesus, and particularly the gospel of John, this is the third miracle that's recorded. Uh, the gospel of John being one of four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that, that chronicle Jesus's earthly ministry, Jesus, 33 years on earth and three years of public ministry. And we see Jesus do miracles in different methods all throughout the gospels. It's so exciting because we serve a God who sent his son, Jesus, that does things differently for different people in different situations. So we can't figure out the formula, do it ourselves and take the credit. So here we see Jesus go directly to the space and the spot that this man is stuck in. I love seeing the way Jesus does things differently for different people because there are other miracles that happen where the people had to go to Jesus. 
the woman with the issue of blood. She had to break the law and get out in the crowd. She wasn't even supposed to be outside. She was supposed to be unclean, sequestered, away from everybody. She gets out in the crowd and she has to reach to touch Jesus' clothes. We see the centurion soldier cut Jesus off and said, hey, I got a servant at home who's sick. He runs to Jesus. In this situation, Jesus goes to the exact space and spot that this man needs his miracle. He knows when he has to come to you, when you don't have the strength to come to him. He will come to where you are, when you are, in the place that you are. Jesus comes directly to where he is and says, do you want to be well? Do you want to be made whole? Now, if you've been in the same space and spot for 38 years, you don't have to go to Jesus. Jesus comes to you. He says, do you want to be well? How many words are you going to answer? It's a one-word answer situation, y'all. He says, do you want to be well? The answer should be, what does this man answer? Verse number seven. Okay, see, what happened was that I was trying to um, get into the pool, and then that time that I was trying to get in the pool, when the water was stirred, then I wasn't the first to get in the water. And so then when I was trying to get in, and then somebody else gets in front of <laughs> Have y'all ever noticed that when someone has a real long answer, there's usually some lies involved? There's usually some excuses involved? Like, most people who are stuck in their own shameful statements, most people that are professional excusologists, they all of a sudden have an extended vocabulary when they're trying to explain a situation. You've been in the same space, stuck 38 years. Jesus comes to where you are, asks you, do you want to be well? The answer should be but how many of us have had healing available for us? Have had the prescription of scriptures available to us? Have had a class that's offered for you to get yourself healed through the power of God, through biblical principles, for, through Bible-based authors? How many of us have had the prescription available to us? We might not have said it with our mouths, but with your actions, you have not answered yes. Jesus is inviting us to walk this way. And if we're going to walk this way, we have to walk away from the suffering of our surroundings. We have to walk away from a stagnant season. And we have to walk away from our own shameful statements that leave us stuck in the place that we've been. Number four, he was invited to walk away from what I believe became a self-induced sickness. Why do I believe this became a self-induced sickness? It says in scripture, the blind were there, the lame were there, the paralyzed was there. It did not describe him as blind. It didn't describe him as lame. The Bible did not describe him as someone 
who could not walk. It says, then one that was there, who had been invalid, who had not been contributing to society, who had just been there laying powerless, He didn't say, let me touch your feet so they can work again. Like, when Jesus has done miracles, if we look at his track record, he describes what is wrong with the person that he heals. Blind Bartimaeus. The man with the withered hand. The woman with the issue of blood. The wedding that had no Chardonnay. So when he goes to this man, he doesn't say, do you want me to touch your legs so they can be new? Do you want me to touch your hands so it can be unwithered? Do you want me to touch your eyes so you can see again? He said, do you want to be well? So when Jesus comes to this man, I believe that he comes to the space and the spot that he's in to heal his want to. Because some of us get in situations and circumstances and moments and paralysis where something on the inside has killed our want to. He's already told you to ask for forgiveness from that family member, but you just don't. He's already prompted you to go back to school, but you just don't. He's already told you to eat differently so that you don't have pain in that area. But sometimes you just don't. Jesus wants to heal. I want to. There's somebody in the room. You have no, nothing wrong with you physically, but there's something wrong with you internally that you want God to make right with you internally. And the way that he's going to do that is he's going to heal your want to. He's going to heal your want to so you'll serve him. He's going to heal your want to so you'll use your gift for his kingdom. He's going to heal your want to so you'll do what he's requiring of you. He's going to heal your want to. Who's ready for Jesus to heal your want to? Walk this way. He had to walk away from the suffering of his surroundings. He had to walk away from his stagnant season. He had to walk away from his shameful statements. And he had to walk away from what I believe was a self-induced sickness. Because at some point in 38 years, he had talked himself out of even trying. And who in the room, you can admit, maybe your try has died. Somewhere along believing for something every year, there's been a, been a dying in your trying. Maybe you've dreaded the process of a promise. How many of you would love a new house today? Yeah? Wonderful. Okay. How many of you love the process of moving? We love the promise, the product but we don't love the process. Anybody want to be 30 pounds lighter? Hallelujah. Who wants to work out right now? We love the product, the promise, but do we love the process? And at some point, I believe possibly this man 
the process of even trying became overwhelming because he had been disappointed so many times. And so we see him begin to walk this way by what was said by the Savior. Jesus simply says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And it says, at once, the man got up, picked up his mat, and walked. Let me tell you what's so exciting about this scripture. Y'all, the Bible is never boring. It's so exciting. Listen, for 38 years, he had been looking in one direction for his miracle to happen one way. He said to Jesus, the reason I am still in this situation is that when the water is stirred, no one can put me and help me get in the water. When the man gets healed, he doesn't even get wet. When the man gets healed, it has nothing to do with water. So who in here, you've been looking one direction for your miracle, one direction for your blessing, looking for one method for your miracle to come, but the way that God is going to do it has nothing to do with the direction that you've been looking. And so while this man was looking at the water, Jesus said, I'm going to heal you with a word. And somebody in here, he's going to heal you with a word. If you just step out on his promises and not just sit on his premises, if you just step out on his principles, if you just decide to walk on the word he gave you, you're not going to have to wait for the water. You're not going to have to wait for somebody else. All you got to do is walk on the word he already spoke over you. He already calls you chosen. He already calls you more than a conqueror. He already calls you more than enough. He already calls you royal. He already calls you his handiwork. He already ordained you before the foundation of the world who's ready to walk on his word pick up your mat and walk the last thing I want to share with you is that the people pulled this man to the side who had been laying in the same space and spot for 38 years saw him walking around and said who healed you who did this to you? And the scripture said, he did not know who it was. Jesus will heal you before you know him. We serve a savior that healed this man when he was a stranger to him. And if he will heal you before you know him, don't you know he will heal those who know him? We serve a God who sent his son Jesus that invites us to walk this way, away from the shame. Walk this way, away from being stuck. Walk this way. Just walk in his word. Walk this way. Lord God, we thank you for every person in this room. We thank you that you are a God who is a promise keeper. We thank you that your word is so powerful that it can deliver us from our stuck places. It can deliver us from our shameful statements. It can deliver us 
from our stagnant seasons. It can deliver us from our suffering of our surroundings. We thank you for your word that delivers, your word that heals. And we thank you that no matter how many years we've been in the same spot, the same space, the same suffering, that you never give up on us. You will send a word directly to the spot and the space that we're in to deliver us on location. Thank you for your delivery of deliverance. We thank you, oh God, that you are everywhere at the same time. You're no respecter of person. You're not healing one person because their behavior is better than another person. Your grace is sufficient for all of us. We thank you that you came to save the world. Not some of us, not half of us, but all of us. I thank you that you love all of us. You love all of us. You love all of us. And we just thank you that your love never changes and you never give up on us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Somebody get excited that you're ready to walk this way.